It's the hottest day of the year so far, but we've locked ourselves in the studio to talk French balloons and Chinese vampires. It's time for episode 30 of Have You Seen? Hello, that sparkling intro and um, vaguely sinister music means it is indeed time for Have You Seen? episode 30. I'm still Kieran Lefort, sorry about that, uh, and opposite me... With copious amounts of energy drink, as usual. And another safari, safari shirt is Tom Webb. Hello. Yeah, I've gone short sleeves today because it's too hot. Yes, I'm, I'm rather worried about your, uh, your, your safari attire that keeps appearing. Why? I don't know. I, I, I feel like you should be in, some, in a jungle rather it's, than it's, in a it's studio. Com- well, it's comfortable yeah. and it's cool. Hmm. Not in the like hip, trendy sense. No, it's the, definitely in the, not in the, the hip, no, trendy sense. In, in the uh, in the temperature sense, I right, don't care yeah. about being hip and trendy. No, <laughs> no. I've known you a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yes, um, we have some films to talk about. Yep. Uh, namely, the Red Balloon, mm-hmm. uh, an Oscar-winning French short film, and Mr. Vampire. Yeah, a Chinese kind of horror action. Comedy, yeah. mm. which is never in danger of winning any awards. <laughs> uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, I, I reckon we start with um, Red Balloon. Okie dokie. Do you want to do a little recap? Uh, yeah, well, I mean... In as much as it's worth? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a story about a little boy who finds a balloon and has a sort of friendship with it, and that's about it, really. I thought for one horrible moment you were going to say relationship. No, no, no. Um and my main reason for pitching it to you is more of a nostalgic thing because it was something I used to watch a lot as a kid. Um, I think it was mostly at my grandma's house. And um, I was really stunned when it, it turned up on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, also so I, YouTube. And YouTube, yeah. yeah. So I rewatched it and, and it was it was more just kind of uh, thought it would be interesting for you to see it and, and see whether it would have been the sort of thing you might have engaged in when you were that age or, or what really. So that was my my main reason for pitching it. Um, I obviously when I was like seven or eight years old, I had no idea that it won an Oscar and was actually quite highly critically acclaimed. Yes, but not the best short film Oscar. No, it's it's the only film, the only short film ever to have won an Oscar not in the short film category. Yeah, and it was for best screenplay. Yes, and there's about it's three lines of dialogue yeah. in it. It's just that that's just bizarre. Yeah, I was really really surprised when I, I thought, well, maybe cinematography, maybe direction, mm. possibly. Or, well, not direction, but you know, or yeah. may, maybe you know, a, a special one for for effects because you know, it's a live action film and yeah. the balloon is a live action balloon. That the practical effects are pretty clever. So, but when it was screenplay, I was just like. Really? Yeah. There's there's hardly anything to it. Yeah. But then I guess screenplay isn't just dialogue, really. So no. To its credit, talking about um talking about the practical effects of the balloon. At no point do you ever see how this balloon is being propelled. I thought I'd caught it once, uh, but it wasn't. It was at the bit where towards the end where the boys tie it down. Yes. And yeah, I saw yeah, a string holding the string. Strings. I thought, really, you've gone all the way through this without yeah. showing the the string. Yeah. Uh, and you've blown it right at the end, but it wasn't. No. Uh, it's uh, yeah. So overall, what did you think of it? Um, it's a charming little curio. Yeah. But I thought even at thirty-five minutes, it outstays its welcome. Oh really? You could have got this done in ten. Yeah, I guess you probably could. Yeah. Um, I thought the bit I really liked actually is when he's walking along with the red balloon and passes mm. the girl with the blue balloon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the red balloon kind of like just slips the boy's grasp and goes after the blue balloon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the boy 
catches it and walks on. And the yeah. next shot you see is the blue balloon chasing the red one yeah. down the street. I thought that was really sweet and yeah. really clever. Uh, yeah, it's really nice. It's a weird little you know love story between two inanimate in- objects. Uh, and to be honest, I probably would have ended it there. Right. I didn't think you need the um, the gaggle of boys who can't act right. trying to kill the balloon. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's when it becomes a religious allegory of the balloon yeah. that died and was resurrected and the boy that was lifted up to balloon heaven. <laughs> well, I, I guess, yeah. See, now, what was interesting is I I, I thought it ended after the, the boys burst the balloon. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot all the stuff afterwards where all the other balloons come to the young boy and lift him up and he, he sails off over Apparently Paris. Apparently there's a voiceover over that section. Really? Yeah, I read, uh, I was doing some reading on it and apparently there's there's some narration over oh. it, but that wasn't on the version no. I saw. I, no, Perhaps I it was don't added that. for foreign markets. Maybe. I mean, I don't remember that ending at all. I, mm. I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether the cassette tape it was taped on just ran out. <laughs> Entirely possible. <laughs> you know? Because um, I just remember it being almost quite a brutal film that ended with this balloon dying and being quite sad. <laughs> on that note, one of my my favourite uh, favorite films, actually, is Police Story, the Jackie Chan yeah. film. And for years, I never saw the opening five or ten minutes. Right. Because I taped it off TV and yeah. the tape started late. So it right. started just... Uh, just as the shantytown battle is getting going at the right. beginning so i had no idea of the setup that got to that <laughs> right. and even now when i watch it on dv that bit still looks alien to me because <laughs> i've seen the rest of it loads of times <laughs> brilliant um we started at the end and we should probably go back to the beginning really right yeah i, su- I suppose yeah something that kind of uh, made me chuckle is the beginning all the opening credits are in french yeah apart from one that says script girl <laughs> really yeah <laughs> that made me laugh I started, actually, the first note I wrote was, somewhere in France, a boy strokes a cat and walks down some stairs. He then does his own stunts, climbing up a lamppost to retrieve the titular red balloon. Yes, yeah. They'd never let a child climb up a lamppost on film well, these no, days. What, what amazed me was, and again, I didn't really take this into account when I was I was that young, That, and I, I think, I mean, it, it must be just, you know, sign of the times, that this little boy is just wandering around Paris. Yeah. He's like seven or eight, Yeah, and he's just wandering about on his own. Yeah. Uh, you know, playing, finding stuff in the street, talking to strangers. I was looking at how empty Paris was yeah. as well. Yeah, and and I was just kind of like, wow. I mean, I know I know things weren't quite so. Well, I don't know. It, it, was stuff really that safe back then? I, I guess don't it know. must have been, but you know, there still seems a lot of like things to run him over. Yeah, but it for almost... example, there's a shot with five cars in it mm. at one point. All of which are two CVs. <laughs> really? Which made me laugh. Yeah, I then wrote, "This is especially in French." French. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I know. Um, oh, Ditto, the teacher with the beret and chin strap beard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who looked like um, the artist from Spaced. Oh, Brian. Brian, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it looked like Mark Heap a little bit. Um, what did I put here? Uh, uh, the, the balloon is huge. It is, isn't it? I was like, it's about the size of the boy's torso. Yeah. Where do you get balloons that big? I don't know. That was another thing I was thinking, were, you know, were, were balloons bigger back then? I was just, yeah, I was just thinking that. Maybe balloons were bigger in the 50s. Yeah. And yeah. they just kind of shrunk like Mars bars over the yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. There are people in this film who clearly have no idea they're in a film. Yeah. Just lots of people the boy brushes past, and there's like these various old women who just like bat the balloon out of the way as he walks past <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, I think there's one where he goes to cross a road, and, a, and an old woman just grabs him and stops him from yeah. going, you know, going into yeah, the road. Yeah. Um, it's becoming a cliche on this show, yeah. uh, but this is a cracking transfer. The picture quality was really, mm. really good. Yeah, yeah, very um, much so. Um, I, w- I was what amazed me was how vivid the balloon was. 
Yeah. Because I almost remember this. My memory of this is almost that it was black and white with the exception of the balloon. Something that made me laugh when I read uh, this was shown on US TV as part right. of some kind of General Electric TV special yeah. in 1961 was yeah. his first viewing. The movie called The Red Balloon was shown in black and white. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wonder if it was just, uh, you know, the reason I kind of think of it as being black and white is because... I watched it off of VHS and maybe it was just a bit desaturated yeah, because maybe. of the, the copy. But no, the colours are quite vivid, like, especially yeah. the balloon. And yeah. then when multiple balloons appear later, they're yeah, all... Yeah, very yeah. much so, yeah. And again, I, I just forgot a whole bit anyway. But Yeah, um, that bit that didn't exist. Yeah, anymore. see, I yes. almost remember it almost like Sin City, black and white, which is a red <laughs> balloon. <laughs> red yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's like Schindler's List of balloons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a terrifying thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it kind of had... It has a vague Pixar-ish quality. Yes. Um... But I just felt it was kind of, it was a bit long. Right. I know well, it sounds stupid to say that we when we regularly watch two-hour movies yeah, on this show. Yeah, but I, know, I know what you minutes, mean. I thought, yeah. yeah. But then I think that's... You that's, probably could take the existing the footage as it exists and hack it down to 10 minutes and lose nothing. Yeah, but that, I think that's, that's probably a sign of how people have changed over that period of time. Because yes, we I guess used so. to, we used to quick cut Michael Bay advertising yeah, yeah. and everything's done very quickly so you know I think for the, for the time it's paced as everything would have been paced do you think if you'd been if you'd been like a, little, a, like a young kid and you'd seen it on the telly would you stayed and watched the whole thing or would you got bored with it or um, possibly I don't know That's quite. it's quite hard to say yeah um, I don't know I think I did I did like it up until the gang of a hundred boys who couldn't act, and there were loads of them. Yeah, yeah. That wanted to it goes very Lord of the Flies. Kind of turned up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think the I preferred the first half to the second. Right. Um, Fair enough. And I, yeah, I would have just I think I would have just left it as like a sweet Pixarish. Yeah. Short. I do wonder how um how many oh, on how many times they watched this when they're in pre-production on up. Possibly. Because there are some very kind of. Did you see the photo I put on Twitter? I don't. If you uh, t- I typed balloon into Netflix in, in the search. Yes, I did. And like yeah, five yeah. came up, and one of them was uh, called What's Up? Balloon to the Rescue. Yeah. And the uh, the description very pointedly says, This movie is not related to the Pixar feature Up. Uh, despite yeah. the box art clearly being a house with tons of balloons coming out yeah. of it, lifted off the ground. Yeah, I think there's another one on there that's like um, uh, Kung Fu Chop Panda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the yeah. real story of Puss and Boots, starring yeah. William Shatner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's all a, 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 a legal minefield, I'm sure. Yeah, we will not be covering those films on this. No, show. definitely not. Um, no. The balloon's kind of slow death before it gets stamped on is just weird. Yeah, isn't it's it? It's quite creepy, bizarre, and equally as creepy is the stunt dummy that's lifted up into the sky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The um, the I mean, the balloon's death of it shriveling up is one of the most vivid memories I have of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's it's quite disturbing, mm. really, in context with the film, and mm. it's kind of. I was trying know. to work out how it was deflating as well, because it looked like it, the look of it looked like paint was peeling off the outside. Yeah, well, it I didn't think, kind of deflate in the way it perhaps it's just what balloons were made of. In yeah, the 50s. I, I think it's because they were probably made of slightly thicker material than they yeah. are now, so they, yeah. they'll tend to uh, they tended to crumple, and it's a, I think it's a um, a more sturdier rubber, mm. so it's not quite as you know flexible. Mm. But yeah, it, it, yeah, I always found that very creepy. That's mm. probably why I remember it so clear, bits of it so clearly, mm. and maybe why I don't remember the ending of the, of like the balloon, Possibly. him rising away on the balloons. It's the, that that's the image that was yeah, it was it ingrained was the, in your mind is the dying balloon, the dying balloon. Yeah, mm. 
Yeah. And I, I do wonder if it's it's watching films like this hmm. when I was that young, I'm wondering if that's why I like things like rubber, where you've got like a, a, an object that shouldn't have a personality but does. Yeah. Well, see, I like all those kind of things as mm. well, like the Luxo Junior, for example, yeah, and yeah. all of that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But you, you can definitely see this influence on mm. on those style of style yeah. of short. Yeah, I mean, I do know that um, the little boy was in a film, and the director made a longer film about the kid. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, there's also a feature film inspired by yes, this. Yes, and movie. They, that's what it is. It's, it's like him in a hot air balloon, I think. Oh no, no, no! I mean, like it was made in 2007. Oh, really? There's a feature film inspired. Oh, by well, this. there's a, there was a film a couple of years after this hmm. that was a, almost like a feature film of the boy's adventures in a hot air balloon. Huh. I think it was in a hot air balloon. Yeah, I think it was a hot air balloon. Um, that poor boy, his life inexorably yeah. linked. Yeah, inexorably yeah. linked to balloons. Yeah. Um, I have some customer feedback. Um, overwhelmingly positive reviews. Right. Uh, the only one-star reviews I could find were about faulty tapes and discs. Right. Um, Five-star review. The short support movie at the cinema was The Red Balloon. That's how it starts, this review. Taken by my mother, I sat and silently fought not to cry near the end of this wonderful film. At 11 years old, I did not want to be caught crying. I was enveloped by this frail magic, eventually crushed, crushed by brief casual brutality and only surpassed by the final impossible overwhelming nirvana. I became the little boy. I found the balloon. I encountered life in a toy. I scampered along the alleys and over the ruins. I was crushed then, awesomely uplifted in moments. Even now in my 60s, the images can still rouse the tears. Wow. And that wasn't from the French guy. <laughs> yeah. The reviews we sometimes read out. <laughs> That's quite an effect. Um, the uh, This other one I'm going to read out, I'm only going to read because it has an amazing typo in it. Okay. My husband and I saw this film years ago and were so pleased to find it on Amazon. But when it came, we had to go out and buy a Blue Rat DVD player to watch it. <laughs> but it was well worth it. <laughs> a Blue Brilliant. Rat. Blue Rat. Why don't they just send it back and get the DVD? I don't know. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, in Finland, you may know this, as once upon a time, a red balloon. <laughs> as, as once upon a time a, a red, red balloon, balloon. yeah brilliant that's that's and that's the only alternative title really I excellent red balloon translates particularly well across yeah, the world yeah i can imagine it would do yeah so to mr vampire yeah okay which let's do this now is china's dracula in greece mr stiff corpse <laughs> which is the literal trans- <laughs> translation of the chinese <laughs> and in taiwan the uh the almost beautiful Hold your breath for a moment. Oh, that's quite... That makes it sound like a rom-com. It does. <laughs> that's a really good title, though. Um, So, the synopsis of Hold Your Breath for a Moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a Taoist priest uh, slash village undertaker called Cao, played by Lam Ching Ying. Uh, he has to perform a reburial for a, a deceased rich man, and together with his useless students, Man Choi and Chao Sang, uh, Cal discovers that the corpse is still almost intact after 20 years buried uh, and looks almost alive. Uh, they try to prevent it from resurrecting but fail and the corpse breaks out of its coffin and becomes uh, a Jiangxi, which I've just butchered again, uh, a Chinese hopping vampire. Right. Uh, the vampire starts killing people and Cal must track it down and stop it while also trying to break the spell a female ghost has cast over Chao Sang and also stop Man Choi from turning into a vampire himself after he gets bitten in a fight. Yeah. Uh, it's a supernatural martial arts farce yeah. um, that's quite quite ridiculous. Um, 
and yeah what do you reckon <laughs> well i found this so hard to figure out what was going on okay but it's because like i did say last week it's a bit yeah. all over the shop and and also because um you kind of go in it's called mr vampire so you kind of you can't but help have expectations of what vampires are and these aren't that at right. all so it's very difficult to get your head around the folklore so you're kind I of think like it does a pretty good job of explaining the folklore yeah it kind of yeah it does but it's all a bit kind of you know here there and everywhere hmm. um but having said that i absolutely loved it really yeah just like <laughs> not not knowing what was going on just kind of didn't really bother me at all it okay. was just, just enjoyable anyway <laughs> um some of the some of the sight gags and the comedy in this are r- absolutely brilliant mm. i think possibly my favorite gag in the whole film mm. is near the beginning and in the uh, what I guess you'd call the Undertakers in the in the in the bit where the, well I suppose it's a mortuary um, really yeah yeah um, and there's a line of of hopping vampires that are yes. under their curse to stop them from doing what they're doing and they're controlled yes and they they kind of have a little haywire moment when they go out of control but are then put back under control and the guy who's in charge of them says right we're going to take them away oh, now. Oh the other priest guy. The yeah, other yeah, priest yeah. yeah. So he's taking this line of hopping vampires and they're literally you know hopping like rabbits out yeah. out and then one of them gets stuck because he's not quite hopping high enough to get yes. up the step Yeah, and it's just the shot of him kind of hopping just enough to bash his toes on the step and fall and come backwards mm. and then someone having to just hike him up yeah. and get him over. That was absolutely brilliantly done. I just thought <laughs> it was really funny. Well that that's kind of why traditionally there'll be a six-inch step at the right. front of a Chinese okay. home to stop hopping corpses well, getting really? in. Really? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I said last week I thought my favourite scene was probably uh, the sequence in the jail yeah. where Cow is accused for murder, locked up in the cell. Mm. The corpse he's accused of murdering comes back to life. Yeah. Uh, and there's all sorts of farce and fighting yeah. and the various tricks used to unstick his head from between the bars. Yeah, and all the, the breath holding and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um I think that all of it was just there were lots of fantastic bits in this. I think I loved the bit in the cupboard with the where the, they're the trying to hold yeah, yeah, where they're trying to hold their breath and they're using the bamboo pole to mm. blow their breath to mm. other places to you know and, and the eventual payoff to that gag mm. is very good as well. Um I think that the hopping is just looks utterly ridiculous mm-hmm. in this context. But mm-hmm. I reckon if you made a s like a proper horror movie you could actually make it really menacing. You think so? Yeah, I think you could. I think like the, the if you could there must be a way to do it that would just make it really creepy. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, some of the some of the stuff in this is really good. Some of the acrobatics are brilliant. Mm. Um, one of my favourite bits was in the kind of the main end fight, really, where everything is going on at once. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're trying to basically manhandle the vampire to the floor and one of the assistants has got the two swords and he kind of does this weird run flip catches his legs on the uh the balustrade above the vampire and he's kind of leaning back down and there's just some really nice little kind of flips and stuff in Mm. it and it really came out well yeah that's uh that's chin su ho the guy we talked about last week the guy who should have been a big star and wasn't yeah yeah i and it's one of those things that all throughout this there were people i recognized yeah um yeah, there's also little bit part yeah. guys who turn up who you've seen in like Jackie Chan and Sam. Absolutely, movies. and they're always the people you kind of go, oh, I wonder why they never, you know, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen anything with them in more, mm. you know. 
um, the uh, the there's a big full body burn stunt at the end yeah. that goes on for. I know it's a bit I, in slow I motion, think, but I think wow, that was Yuen Wah. Uh, yeah, okay, that would make sense. That is really full on. Oh yeah, that's really good. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, like I say, I think you'd probably need to watch it several times to mm. kind of really get the nuances of the whole plot and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I don't think there's much plot. This is this no, is but, uh, this essentially is a ninety-minute second act. It starts in the middle of the film and it ends in the middle. Yeah, of Yeah, and uh, but it's brilliant fun mm. all the way through. And mm. I think it's one of those uh, again. It's it's something that you don't. I think when people think of martial arts films, they think of them in a particular way. Yeah. And I think this is really different to that. Mm. And it's much funnier than that. And it's kind of almost in a way a bit like Shall We Dance? It kind of takes you unaware as to how funny it actually is. Mm. Um, and that it, it, it's first and foremost a comedy. Yes. And, it, and um, then it's a martial arts horror under that, I think. Before I saw this, I saw uh, Mr. Vampire 2. Uh, that was shown on Channel 4 years ago. Right. And I recorded it. Um, it's nowhere near as good. Right. It's set in the present day for no reason. Right. Um, Lam Ching Ying doesn't turn up until halfway through the film. Right. But there's one brilliant scene where um, there's a guy fighting a bunch of vampires. Mm. And you know how one of the ways one of the ways to stop them is to stick the parchment with the, uh, the yes. inscription on their foreheads. Yeah. He's got two vampires on one parchment. Right. And he's trying to, st- he's stopping them in various positions, like right. kind of switching it backwards and forwards between them. And then he gets ripped in half. Right. So he sticks half on each and they both move in slow motion. Brilliant. It's genius. It's this brilliant, brilliant scene stuck in an <laughs> awful film. That's, you often get that with uh, some of those kind of, kind of Hong Kong movies from the yeah. mid 80s to, well, yeah, uh, yeah sort of mid 80s to mid 90s. You, you're, they're worth watching for one scene. Yeah. Or they'll be, yeah, it will be just a dreadful plot, appalling acting, out of place comedy, and yeah. then two or three amazing imaginative fight sequences. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's kind of the reason I love those movies. I think. Yeah, I mean, th- this was just great fun from start to finish. Really silly. I'm glad just you like kinda, it yeah. because I w- had no idea what you were going to make of it. Yeah, I like when I watched it. I liked it less than I did first time. Right. My girlfriend hated it. Really? Yeah. She was like, "Are you really going to pitch him that stupid vampire really? movie?" I really enjoyed it, it's just because it's so silly, and it's just mm. like you can just you can just kind of watch it and. In a way, you can just ignore the subtitles and just watch stuff, and it just doesn't, you know. The only thing that seemed out of place to me was the ghost story, love story element of it, which yeah. kind of seems a bit tacked on just because it's like, oh, you have to have a love interest. Yeah, I uh, I know what you mean. Uh, and also, I think that's dealt with in the wrong places in the film. It's mm. a B story that should run the length of the movie. But yeah. there's one kind of isolated sequence where the ghost first finds... Yeah, Charles Sanger sits on the back of his bike and then he rides into the right and knocks her off it by when she hits her head on the tree. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then all the rest of that story is clumped together like yeah. seven-eighths of the way through the film. Yeah, it's very odd. It is. Yeah, but, but you don't watch this for the, the storytelling. No, not really. So, I mean, overall, it's just really bonkers, but good fun. You talked about ignoring the subtitles. Mm. Apparently... I don't know if it's the English track on this DVD or right. on the previous version. There's a really hilariously bad dub. Oh, really? Um, not only the characters, uh, the characters get renamed. Chin Shu Ho becomes Simon. Man Choi <laughs> is renamed Malcolm. Um, which actually, uh, one of the subtitles still does refer to somebody called Malcolm at one point for oh, no really? reason. Yeah. Right. I must have missed that. Um, Ting Tin becomes Mooney and the master is renamed Sifu, which is Cantonese for master. Yeah. However, in the dub, they often say seafood. 
<laughs> really? And yeah, at various points, apparently they just go completely off script and just wing it and do whatever they like, right. uh, including the line, I don't know why, it's just in the script. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I might have to see if I can find that somewhere, or maybe just check the alternate track yeah, of that DVD. That might be worth doing, yeah. And see if that, uh, see if that dub is still on there. Yeah. Um, I don't have any reviews of this. Right, no, uh, I can imagine there are no, There were no bad ones. Right. Uh, only a few... Oh, the few that there were were all five stars and none yeah. of them were funny enough to read out. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I, I'm definitely going to see if I can track down a copy on DVD. It shouldn't be too hard. It should be quite cheap. cheap. Although yeah. I have seen, actually, this is from the Hong Kong Legends label. Yeah. There's a bunch of those on Amazon that must have been discontinued that are going for like 30 quid a pop. Yeah, I think they have because I know that, I mean, you used to be able to get loads of them and they're martial arts sections and things like you know in stores like HMV and stuff have really pared down mm. and it's some unless it's got Jackie Chan or maybe Sammo Hung or in it you know or Jet Li yeah or may, maybe um our, our favourite his name I can't remember now from it man Oh, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Unless it's one of those, then they're not really there. I watched It Man with two people who hadn't seen it oh, really? over the weekend. How did yeah. that go? Uh, I watched it with my girlfriend and her friend. Yeah. Uh, I had only seen... I, I've seen the It Man. Yeah. My girlfriend has seen It Man 2, but not the first right. one. And the friend hadn't seen either. Right. And watching other people watch that movie is yeah. great. Really? Because they're all... Uh, they were both... Really, with you know, the first half is kind of quite bright, and you think it's going to be yeah. like a kung fu comedy, yeah. And then there's that the Japanese invader, and it goes really dark. Yeah. They they were just gripped, really. At, at that point, it's like, no, wait, they, this can't happen. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and they, they was like in the um the tournament, uh, yeah. where they have uh, there's the old master, isn't there? Yeah. Who uh who keep who keeps fighting the Japanese? He says we have to beat them all. Yeah. Uh, and they're both sitting there going, he's going to die. He's going to die. Someone's going to kill him. He's going to die. And then when he gets shot, they're like, I knew it. He died. Oh, how could you kill him? How could you kill him? Uh, yeah, it's a fun movie to just to watch other people's reactions to yeah. And I know some things I hadn't seen before as well. Uh-huh. There's a guy who legitimately gets his nose broken in a close-up. Really? Yeah. There's a close-up profile shot of somebody's face. Yeah. And a fish just comes in and splatters his nose. Really? Jeez. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> um, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. We should talk about uh, movies for next week. Yeah, we should, because we've got uh, 30 episodes, so we decided to do something a bit special. Yeah, we kind of uh, colluded a bit. Uh, A few weeks ago, I can't remember what number it was, we uh, talked about A Few Good Men, uh, written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by Mm -hmm. Rob Reiner. Mm -hmm. And we realised, shortly after that episode, we each owned an Aaron Sorkin scripted film Mm -hmm. that the other one hadn't seen. Yes. So, it's it's the Sorkin off. It is. And... I think these may be the last two Sorkin films that we can cover. They may be. Um, I think. I could, uh, with the possible exception of Moneyball, which you've seen a bit of. Uh, I have seen almost all of Moneyball. Right. Uh, I fell asleep towards the end because I was on a plane and I was mm. tired. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, th- th- I think we're at the stage now where we have both pretty much seen all of the movies he's scripted. Uh, I'm about to find out. Oh, Hold on. Really? All filmography. The newsroom TV doesn't count. Haven't seen no. it yet. Moneyball Social Network, uh, yeah. a, a film we're going to cover today. Studio 60, with TV doesn't count. Right. West Wing TV doesn't count. Sports Night TV doesn't count. Movie we're going to cover today. Few Good Men. The only one left is Malice. Oh right, okay. Which apparently he wrote the screenplay for. Hmm. 
Um, Interesting. So maybe we should seek that out to complete the set. Yeah, maybe if uh, any of our listeners have seen it and want to send us a pitch. Because yeah. neither of us have seen it. So yes. that would be if good. If anybody has are... seen and can recommend Malice yeah. and can write us an A4 side. Yeah, or if anyone wants to hunt it down, watch it and then send us a pitch, you're welcome to do they so. They should do. They yeah. should send that to podcast at haveyouseen.net. Perfect. So to the sorking off. Yes. Who wants to go first? Well, I've got an early one and you've got a late one. Okay. So which way around do you fancy? Shall I do the early one? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, hold on. This requires copious copious application of notes and not talking away from the microphone uh, and also finding the correct app. On I don't want to rate this app now, not in the middle of a show. <laughs> right. <laughs> there we go. Lovely. I thought you said rape then. What? I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't want to, I've just got this iPad. I don't want to ruin it like that. Anyway, I think we're getting off topic slightly, don't you? Yeah. Oh, it only took half an hour for this to go downhill. Yeah. Some may say it only took 30 seconds for this <laughs> to go downhill. Yeah. I'm going to pitch to you The American President, okay. which is the Sorky movie I had seen and you hadn't. Yep. Uh, it is available on the Netflix, uh, mm. certainly the US version, right. if you're doing the... Uh, Oh, uh, I'm sure entirely legal proxy business. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the UK version. I didn't check. Should probably do a bit more research and homework. Mm-hmm. Um, it is essentially it's Aaron Sorkin's romantic comedy. Okay. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. Right. Um, it, it's a romantic comedy. What if? What if the US president was a widowed single father? And how does the president go about dating? Okay, how weird. All right. Uh, the basic story, which I didn't bother to write down, so I'm going to uh, skip back to the internet yep. to uh, to tell me uh, if I can activate. Oh, one day. You're going to be prepared? One day this show will get a professional presenter. <laughs> um, that's a really awful plot summary I can see there. There's got to be a better one than that. There are no good plot summaries. Okay. All right. Tell you what, you probably don't even need a plot summary. Okay. Uh, I could just tell you the yeah. writer, the director, and the principal cast, yeah. and you probably want to see it without knowing anything about it. Okay, go for it. Written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Directed by Rob Reiner. Ooh. Michael Douglas plays the American president. Right. Annette Benning plays the woman he's interested in. Mm-hmm. Martin Sheen, Michael yeah. J. Fox, Samantha Mathis, Mathis, Richard Dreyfus, and John Mahoney. Good. And of course, because it's written by Aaron, Sh- Aaron Sorkin, Josh Molina turns up in it. Excellent. That's a good cast. It's a very good cast. Um, I've been messing about. The basic story is the president is a widower. Yeah. Um, uh, a An environmental... She's not an activist. An environmental campaigner, I right. guess. Uh, she uh, Lobbyist, I believe is the word. Right. Uh, an environmental lobbyist played by Annette Benning comes to the White House for a meeting. Right. Uh, she is in the middle of insulting the president in this meeting when he walks into the room. Right. Their eyes meet. And they embark on a relationship, and it's okay. can he keep personal and politics separate? Right. Okay. Interesting. It's kind of like a pilot for the West Wing, right? At about sixty percent speed. Right. Okay. It's um, gentler. It's softer than an episode of the West Wing. Right. Would be, and it's definitely rounded out more. Right. To be a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. The seeds are sown here. Right, okay. Uh, and Sorkin has said that, um, well, no, Sorkin has said, the uh, the influences are, are are there to see. Yeah. You'll notice, you've seen all the West Wing, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You'll notice 
particularly season one stuff, there's lines that return. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, tell me the virtue of tell me the virtue of a proportionate response. Right. For example, yeah. is lifted wholesale from this. There are storylines and details, and um, Sork- what Sorkin said was that a lot of stuff of the first season of West Wing was lifted from earlier drafts oh, of this okay. that didn't make it. Right. Got you. Because this came from an idea from Robert Redford. Oh, really? Who basically said, the president elopes, write it, for, someone write it for me. Right. Lots of people submitted treatments. Aaron Sorkins was chosen. Mm-hmm. He wrote it. Rob Reiner came on board as director. And uh, Rob Redford went, I don't like Rob Reiner, I'm off. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I can uh, I imagine you say it's about 60% West Wing and a bit softer. Mm. I wonder how much that is Rob Reiner's influence. Because we mentioned before, he has a tendency to make good films that have a borderline schmaltzy edge to them that he you know yeah this so. does kind of go a bit, it goes a bit gooey at the end right um and by 60 percent, i mostly mean kind of like the speed of the delivery okay west wing people are yeah, yeah. dialogue back yeah. for, and it's a quite a high volume there's a there's an awful lot of shouting in the west wing yeah. and kind of like forceful points yeah this is softer than that okay but you can see the seeds of the characters right for example uh Martin Sheen is the chief of staff, right. who, of course, will eventually be... Uh, uh, that will be Leo McGarry in yes, The West Wing. Yeah. And you can see the seeds of that there. Okay, uh, that's cool. Michael J. Fox is if essentially um, uh, Josh Lyman right. by any other name. Yeah. Um, so you can see you can see the, the analogues and where it's going. Right. Um, what did I write? It'd be interesting because, I, I mean, I do love The West Wing. So I'll be interesting to see how this compares. Yes. Um. Eleven people in this movie, plus Aaron Sorkin, who has a one-line cameo, right. show up in the West Wing. Right. Okay. Um, and the now Howard the Duck. I can link this to Howard the Duck <laughs> really? of all things. Really? Yes. There was a scientist I couldn't place. Yeah. In Howard the Duck, uh-huh. he's in this. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, his name is David Paymer, and he plays the character of uh, Leon Kodak in this film. Okay. Um, Bald man, glasses, right. kind of nerdy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think I know who the. I think I know who you mean from Howard the Duck. So yeah, yeah, awesome. uh, yeah. I really, uh, I enjoyed watching this again. Okay, actually, uh, I'm a big West Wing fan. Yeah, uh, I am. When time allows, going to rewatch, rewatch it from the beginning. Yeah, uh, because I've never seen season five. Oh, okay, which was the John Goodman year. Yes. Um. Because the end of season four, it suddenly turned into Air Force One. I'm quitting my presidency to get my daughter back. Yeah, well, screw that. I've got no interest in this show. Yeah. That was the point where Sorkin left. Yeah. Um, and it all kind of went a bit to hell. Mm. So I never watched season five and came back for six and seven. Yeah. Uh, so I want to rewatch the whole lot. Yeah, season five's not too bad. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> Aaron Sorkin admitted in, a, in an interview to TV Guide he wrote this while very often high on crack. <laughs> Okay. So uh, I uh, I'd be quite disappointed if it turns out that that's the secret to being a good screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. Although it may well be. Um, the other film I can kind of compare it to mm. is Roxanne that we've covered on this okay. show, and it's a romantic comedy that is both romantic and funny. Right. Um, in particular, look out for any scene involving flowers. Okay. They are particular comic highlights. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's it. Watch the American President. Okay, perfect. Um, the one I've got for you is yes. uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Aha. But what I want to do first is find out what do you know about this film? I know that Tom Hanks is in it. 
Right. I think Julia Roberts is in it. Yeah. I have seen approximately 25 seconds of it while channel hopping. Okay. Uh, I think possibly in Australia a couple okay. of years ago. Um, uh, I'm assuming Tom Hank plays a man called Charlie Wilson. Yeah. And there's a war involved. Do you know who Charlie Wilson is? Uh, now, was he a real person? He was. Yes. Uh, you is know? this Cuba Missile Crisis related? No. Okay. Later than that. There okay. Go. There we are. That's the extent of my knowledge about this film. And Excellent. some of that was wrong. That's really good because I um, I was recommended this film by a friend who, he doesn't really watch a lot of movies, but he, he really rated this one. I was always put off by the fact that it's Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts. Yeah. Cause, I'm more put off by Julia Roberts than Tom Hanks, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I really don't like Julia Roberts mm. in anything. And Tom Hanks, I think, has good days, bad days. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, he succumbs to schmaltz more often than Rob Reiner does. Yes, absolutely. But in this, everybody in it is brilliant, okay. including Julia Roberts. That's high praise from you. It is. She's really good. And I think the reason why she's good in this is she acts, ah. which she doesn't often do. As opposed to just turning up and being Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, okay, so the very the very basic thing that I'm going to tell you is it's the story of Charlie Wilson. And it's set over ten, roughly a ten-year period, nineteen eighty onwards, up to up to nineteen. Oh, so I was way off with Cuban Missile off, Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really, te- I really don't know how much to give away to you, other than the real basics. Then just give me the real basics. Um, he's a congressman, hmm. and much like the West Wing, uh, well, actually not so much like the West Wing. It, it's kind of like the West Wing in that it's set within the world of American politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more like the social network in that it's a true story that Sorkin has dramatized. Okay. Um, and it, it, we see again how he does that so well, taking mm-hmm. all of the information that he can have and turning it into a compelling story, a very funny, compelling story, even mm-hmm. though this is strictly isn't a comedy. Okay. Um, there are some brilliant moments in it typical witty uh, dialogue and mm. scripting um but it deals with certain issues in a very clever way it oh, how much should i tell you it's really difficult okay basically in the 80s mm-hmm. in the middle east the main threat to the middle east was the russians invading south mm-hmm and they invaded Afghanistan. Yes. So this is all. I am aware. Yes. So they all, this is all set around the Russian invasion of Anga, of Afghanistan. Okay. Um. And what the Americans did about that. Okay. Um, which is interesting in of itself. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that. Although Sorkin would have had a lot of information available to him, he probably wouldn't have had 100% of the information that there was. Mm-hmm. Um, much like the social network. Yeah, much like, yeah. So uh, that's all I'm, that's all I'm going to tell you about the plot of it, okay, really. That's fine. Because, I, you know, I went into this not really knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this show, I don't think we really want to get hugely into the politics of it. No. Um, but it was directed by Mike Nichols. Mm hmm. It's got, as we said, Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts in it. Possibly my favourite performance, though, is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. Um, he plays a guy called Gust, Af- Gust Avrakatos. 
Okay. Um, who is a uh, who's a CIA liaison mm-hmm. guy, um, and he is this kind of gruff, brutish. Well, not brutish, but he's very kind of blunt and to the point. And mm-hmm. he's it, you can see that he's having uh, Philip Seymour is having a just an absolute ball playing this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where he gets introduced is particularly good and the scene where he meets Charlie Wilson for the first time is really clever. Okay. Um and it's borderline um it's borderline farce. Okay. Uh with people coming and going out in and out of a room. Mm. Um but very well done. Yeah, I, I think that's what I really want to say cuz you know, I want you to be fairly blank going in it as it were. I'm fairly um, blank going about my day to day. But put it this way, I really enjoyed it when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it even more watching it this time around. Okay. Um, All of this in spite of Julia Roberts. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I. Again, there is stuff that when we come back and I do a recap, I'll go into much more detail mm. about why I like it and the things that I don't want to tell you now, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can afterwards. We, we can blow it wide open. We can yeah, absolutely. Spoilerize the hell out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Week. But I mean, what's interesting? You say that uh, American president is kind of eighty percent West Wing. Yeah, um, this is probably a bit higher than that. Uh, okay, sorry, you say sixty percent. I say this is a bit higher than that. The um, the style of delivery is a little bit softer, but it's a bit more. It's mm. got that kind of urgency to it mm. in in places. Um, Although Hanks well, plays this, course, quite came, a laid back, came, came after, didn't it? So what's that? This came after, yes, yeah. West Wing, yeah. So you see, you see Hanks playing a character that is a little bit different to what he normally plays. He's kind of laid back, Texan, in a bit of ways, a bit sleazy in a way, hmm. in some some aspects. So hmm. it's it's kind of fun. It, like I said, not only was Hoffman having fun, everybody seemed to be having fun. Good. So it's yeah, it's a good watch. It's a really great film. Marvelous. So join us next week for the. Uh, the sorking off, yeah. Early sorking versus late sorking, yeah. Charlie Wilson versus, um, oh, that would work so much better if I could remember the name <laughs> of Michael Douglas's character, Andrew Shepard. Yeah. There's one person in particular, one friend in particular, who will uh, who will crucify me for not knowing that because I know he's a big <laughs> fan of this movie. Really? Um, yes. Right now I've botched that. Let's get on to the uh, <laughs> get onto the the plugs and the social network nonsense. Yeah. So uh, I'll probably botch that as well. See, you could have done a brilliant segue there. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Well, with the social network, you oh, just kind yeah. of completely well, missed it. I'm on fire today. <laughs> I'm going to blame the heat. Yeah. Uh, okay, Twitter, we're on that. At HYS yeah. Podcast. You just made a really weird face at me. <laughs> I was just like, Twitter, we're on that. I was like, yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, it, and once again, it's at HYS Podcast. Uh, you can also like us, Facebook. Face, oh. Whoa. This is going I so can't hard. wait to I go see, home. I, I, seriously, it's so hot. It's <laughs> <just> <laughs> It's just like in the last two minutes, I felt this <laughs> studio warm up. Yeah, I'm absolutely sweating now. It's just like, I'm just suddenly like, I'm really, really hot. You're still it's thinking about ridiculous. the Blu-Rat DVD player, that's <laughs> yeah. why. Right, Facebook, we're on that as well. Uh, Facebook.com uh, slash Have You Seen Podcast. I'm just knocked over a can of Red Bull. Thankfully, it was empty. Have You Seen.net, oh, we own that. That's that's our blog. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can go there and find all the latest episodes. In fact, every episode. Uh, is there plus the link dump which is an idea that was abandoned a while ago <laughs> yeah. and lots of other pages that just haven't been updated because oh, I haven't got the time 
if you want to get in contact with us and uh, your message is too long for Twitter or you don't want it to be public on Facebook, you can send us an email, podcast at haveyouseen.net. Mm-hmm. If you want to pitch us something we haven't seen, then about a side of A4 is the way to go. Yeah, about that. Uh, as one of my favourite podcast hosts says, wrap it up in an email, spank it on the bottom and send it to podcast at haveyouseen.net. Perfect. Um, we should thanks. We should thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. I bet you people can't wait for this show to be over. <laughs> we should thank Upbeat Productions for this baking hot studio <laughs> yeah. and the use thereof. Uh, and Alexia Mum, who is our technical guru, who gets our voices into your ears every week. We don't understand how he does it. It's probably magic no. relating to his beard in some way. Well, I said to, I called him the bearded wizard the other day, and he said, I am a bizard. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that might have to be his new nickname. All right, well, thanks to our bizard, <laughs> Alexia <laughs> Mum. All right, yeah. uh, we are off to uh, cool down possibly something involving ice cream. Yeah, that might be a good idea. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah, okay, very good we idea. Shall, uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.